Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we'll be talking about uh, so a few quarterbacks heading into the draft. We are previewing the Elite Eight of Pat's Madness. And we'll also be talking about a few places where the Patriots uh, still need to add a player or two in free agency. Buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. Intercepted to Malcolm Butler. Another week closer to the draft. Another another week, you know, we can uh, actually start talking. Another week closer, we can actually start talking about some stuff. You know, it's kind of that dry period in the off season, that in between, you know, the, after the first week of free agency, where a lot of the chips fall, and then it's kind of that dry period, like I said, up leading up to the draft. So, a couple more weeks, and we'll uh, we'll have a little bit more content for you. But um, I guess to start off, Pat, we'll get right into it with uh, the Pat's madness. Had a big upset. I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, big upset. Um, I was well, something we talked about last week on the show. The uh, Tuck rule has taken down Super Bowl Thirty Nine, so there are only five Super Bowls left in the Elite Eight, uh, not six, which was a little bit of a surprise. I was kind of on the fence about it. I voted for the Tuck rule myself, but I wasn't sure if it would actually win. It did win, um, and so that's all the surprise that there was. None of the matchups were even close. I think the closest matchup. Uh, I think the closest matchup actually was that one. And that one wasn't really even that close either. It was 64-36. So beyond that, uh, nothing else was even close uh, outside of that one. So uh, the the matchups, just quickly for you, there are four matchups. It's Super Bowl 51 against the 2014 game against Baltimore, 2014 AFC Championship game against Baltimore. Super Bowl 49 against the Tuck Rule. And so those the winner of those two games will play each other. And then on the other side, we have Super Bowl 36 against the 2018 AFC Championship game in Kansas City, this year's AFC Championship game, and Super Bowl 38 against Super Bowl 53. So uh, really four solid matchups. Uh, I think 36, 36 is my vote to take it all. I think if 36 is susceptible to anything, it's it's this week right now. The 2018 AFC Championship game against Kansas City was uh, just a monster game, an unbelievable game. And recency bias, I think, could sneak in. Now, I think 
the Super Bowl 36 is, is way better than that because it was Super Bowl 36, the first one ever. But you're talking about recency bias. You're talking about a, a great, unbelievable, phenomenal game. I mean, that 18, uh, that Chiefs game this year was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was interesting to see, too, for me, that the tuck rule. Like, that was such a big game, and it was so long ago that it can overcome a Super Bowl. That's pretty cool. And, I mean, it's, it is true, though, that that game really did start the dynasty. You know, like, we had Brady's first game in there. Obviously, that was, you know, the Mo Lewis hit. We took some heat from that for calling it, oh, you know, you're going against Drew. But that was, okay, Brady takes over. But the tuck rule, they don't win that game. Who knows where we are right now? You know, like, who knows? So that, right. that's what I thought was the biggest, the, the, the coolest part of, of that win and, and, and a bit of an upset, you know? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And that's, you know, I mean, the big thing for me with the tuck rule is that you look at it and say, if they lose that game, Brady doesn't win a playoff game. The Patriots don't win a playoff game in 2001. And so, you know, yeah, he did great and took over. And I, I, I'm pretty confident that, you know, Belichick still makes the decision he makes, but you know, it's not it's not as um, it's not as clear cut. I would say, if they lose that game, and so you know, winning that game was so important because obviously they get a they get a playoff win, and then they win in you know in Pittsburgh, and then they win the Super Bowl, and so it's just that whole thing transpired and started that dynasty. But yeah, that game, if they lose that game, man, you know that's the end of it. They don't even win a playoff game that year, and then you're like, oh my god, they scored, you know what what is it? Uh, seven points against no six points against the against the Raiders like Jesus they suck you know so it's a, oh no no I'm sorry uh 10 points against the Raiders like what the hell you know so it's one of those things where it's like you know it would have been it would have been interesting that offseason had they lost that game obviously thankfully that didn't happen but but certainly uh something interesting to look back on so um let's move right into uh so that's past madness listen that so that article should already be out. Those polls should already be out for you to vote on. Those polls are only open until Monday. Okay. Monday or Tuesday. We're trying to, we're, we're debating between Monday or Tuesday. So those polls are really only open this weekend. So get out there and vote on those because the final four starts next week. And then next Friday on next Friday show, we're going to be dropping and introducing the final matchup. Uh, on next Friday's show. So a week from today is going to be the final matchup. So you get two rounds this week leading up to that final game. Um, so definitely get out there and vote because if you miss it, you know, you're obviously you're not going to get your vote in. So make sure you get out there this weekend uh, and vote on those four games. Absolutely. It should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm interested to see what that last game will, will be. Uh, what the best game the, the people think is, you know, for the best Brady Belichick uh dynasty but uh pat let's get into it I, I wrote an article a little bit obviously reaching for some stuff to talk about but i think it's a it's an interesting piece here you know some holes that the patriots need to to fill in their roster you know leading up to the you know this free agency period leading up to the draft obviously new england has six picks inside the top 101 um i think for me the biggest thing they need to do before the draft is to lock up steven gostowski you know me. I complain about him all the time, but you've you've beat it. You've beat it into my brain, and you're right that you know unless they have this kid they see in the draft that they think is better than him, he's the best option out there, and they got to get him signed because I think there's some teams you know the Bears need a kicker, um, you know stuff like that. So I think that's the biggest thing if they can get him locked up before the draft. I think New England sits pretty. Um, obviously, we talked about the wide receivers, and you released an article today uh, or, or a couple few days ago that I mentioned in mine. You know, that the Patriots lost pass catchers in Hogan, 
Um, Dwayne Allen and Cordell Patterson, who combined 59 catches all year, they replaced him with Maurice Harris and Bruce Ellington, who ironically combined for 59 catches. So it <laughs> doesn't look like they're missing much. That was a great point you made. Um, I, I didn't even realize that. I don't think anyone else did. Um, so I think they're okay at receiver for now. Um, I think they'll look to get younger in the draft. I mean, who knows what they're going to do at 32. Um, maybe, you know, with, you know, like I said, they could potentially trade one of those picks, two of those picks inside the top one-on-one, which Belichick loves because they might be getting a, yeah. getting some more compensatory, tick, compensatory picks next year. Um, mm-hmm. But I think wide receiver, defensive line, they, you know, obviously losing Flowers, Shelton, and Malcolm Brown. They obviously got Mike Pennell, but maybe some depth there. A depth O-lineman that they lost in Lee, Adrian Waddle, because who knows what you're going to get yes. from Isaiah Wynn. Can he stay healthy? Marcus Cannon. That's my take so far. You know, I think they can – those are some holes they need to fill via the draft, <laughs> via trade. Yeah, I mean, I think that all those are, are valid points. I think uh, O-line is something that you'll definitely see them address. Um, I don't know if they'll – I actually wouldn't be surprised to see them go interior as well. They had um, – Skarnacki was at BC on Wednesday, um, you know, going through a bunch of different things, and I forget the kid's name. Um, but he's a guard who has been talking about playing center as well, and so – uh, he's a guy they may target, you know, a little bit later on. They're definitely going to go after a tackle. They did lose Wad- uh, Waddle, and so they need a swing tackle for sure. They have some guys in the roster, Oler John and guys like that that can, that can, but not really. So they're going to have to go out and get some guy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, take one. Certainly not in the first round, but certainly in that first 101, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go after, you know, a tackle or an interior offensive lineman. I think you're right with D-line, you know, it's Flowers, they lose Brown, they pick up Pennell, and they pick up um, uh, Bennett. But, you know, they're definitely going to look for more depth. You know, they're kind of all about that. You know, let's just bring in depth guys and see what we can do and and see if we can kind of mold one guy here, you know, this way. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that. And as far as wide receiver, and we talked about it, you know, you just mentioned it, how I wrote an article about it, and I – you know, for me personally, it's not about – it's not, to me at least, about, you know, the, the catches, right? It's, it's, it's a ridiculous stat that, like, it's 59 and 59. That's just that's just foolish. Like, it just doesn't happen that way usually. And it's just funny that it, – it's ironic that it ended up that way. And so, I you know, I thought it was – I thought it was funny. But to me, you know, they're not much worse than they were last year. Now, they don't have Gordon right now, which is – which hurts. If they get hey but they're definitely, like you said, going to address that in the draft, I think. Maybe you'll see them go after a guy like Jordy Nelson. Nelson's like the perfect fit for them because he's a guy who's been successful in offenses before. He's a little bit over the hill. They're taking a flyer on him. And a lot of times those guys that take flyers on don't work out. You know, so he may do well, right? He may not pan out. But I look at him and say that's the perfect guy to bring in low money deal, wants to play with Brady again, wants to win again, you know, play with Rodgers and everything like that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like him come in. Again, whether he makes an impact or not, who knows, right? I mean, we all thought Eric Decker was going to have a good year and they cut him before the season started. So we just don't know what's going to happen there. But they're definitely going to make a few moves. They aren't done at wide receiver, but they don't need A.J. Green. It's just they don't need that. That's not their offense. And so, you know, they're not going to do that. And so we'll see what, what they do. Uh, at the end of the first round, but but definitely, I think that those spots that you pointed out are really going to be there. And I think one that I'll add uh, is safety. 
I think that they're gonna they're gonna go after some safety help. Um, Harmon is is good and McCordy's good as well, but I think McCordy's kind of toward in the twilight of his career a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see him last two or three more years. And you just you can't have enough good safeties, I think. And especially the way the Patriots play defense, where you know they're so concerned about just getting back and staying back. And it seems so simple, but like you need to have a guy that's smart back there and can make plays. And uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, go after a safety at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting piece. I mean, they and you know the, the Patriots, they love to have depth at, you know, every position possible. Um, but I think those areas that we address, plus the safety, I, I like that pick. I know they're, they got that great core in Harmon, McCourty, Chung. You know, um, Jason McCourty's taking some snaps there. I'm obviously missing out on a few um, off the top of my head. But, right. I mean, that's an area, too, that, you know, you can never have enough safety help. I mean, they, they got that guy from the Jets. I'm drawing a blank. Was it Brooks? Terrence Brooks is his name? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's more of a special teamer, but he's listed as right. a safety. Who knows where he can help them. But, yeah, yeah. I think that's an interesting piece. Um, you know, so um, kind of leading up to, you know, what we think is – Maybe a, a, a need the Patriots need. We've been saying it for years. We've been saying it for years. When are they going to do it? Is this the year? It's not a very deep class, but we're taking you to some quarterback breakdowns this week. Um, is it the year they, they draft Tom Brady's, you know, uh, replacement? Who knows? But uh, there's some quarterbacks out there that we may, you know, we think they may be linked to. And uh, Pat, I'll let you take it away. Okay, sounds good. So, th- I mean, look, this is ironically maybe – you know, in a lot of fans' eyes, at least, the biggest need for the Patriots to have a, not just a backup quarterback, because Hoyer's a good backup quarterback, but to have the next guy on the roster, right? Obviously, we want them to find the next guy. And, and you know, thinking they're going to find the next Tom Brady is crazy, but hoping that they find a, a successor for him that can be good and be a good player, I think is important, obviously. And so that's something that I think Fans have been wanting them to do for years. They did it with Jimmy G back in 2014. They really haven't done it since, you know, Edling last year. And he's still around, but, like, is Danley Edling really a quarterback? Like, no, I mean, he's fine, but he's certainly, you know, doesn't look like he's going to be the next guy. And so uh, so you're right. So let's take a look. So we're going to look at four guys again. Same thing we've been doing. Um, I'm going to start with Tyree Jackson. He's from Buffalo. 6'7", 249. This kid is R-A-W. Raw. He is raw, okay? He's not, you know, he's definitely got some holes in his game for sure. Um, But he checks a lot of boxes for the Patriots. He's tall. He's got really good size. He's got really big hands. He fires the ball. He just can sling it, man. As a matter of fact, uh, in the combine, they had to ask him to stop throwing so hard during the wide receiver drills because the receivers couldn't catch the ball when he was throwing to him. And, you know, so he slowed down a little bit for them or whatever. So uh, pretty good speed. And change the direction as well. So uh, I think he was second in in uh, quarterbacks in the forty, and he was up, you know, in the top five or so, uh, you know, on the twenty on the twenty uh, shuttle and on the three cone drill. And I think he was the number one uh, when you talk about um, uh, the broad jump. So you know, he's definitely got some good athleticism. He's got pretty good escapability. He had some awesome throws on tape. Some of them where he's on the run and he just stops and f- and fires it and flings it downfield. And so he's definitely got a little bit of that. He's a project, okay? He's an he's absolutely a project. He might go a little bit earlier than the Patriots want a project to go. You know, it's it's possible just because you see the big kid 
with the big arm and he's flashy and you're like, oh my God, look at this guy. You know what happened with Josh Allen last year where people like were all of a sudden were super high on Allen. He was tall. He could he had a rocket arm and this kid's the same way. Um, so he but he's certainly not gonna go where Allen's going where Allen went last year. But you know, third round or so, maybe second, third round, somewhere around there, I wouldn't be surprised if he went there, maybe even dropping in the fourth round. I think if the Patriots think they can mold him he looks like he has some real talent, and if they can harness those raw skills that he has, I mean, he could be a legit star, uh, a legit star in the NFL. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that's an interesting guy. I remember watching the combine too. Uh, he definitely had a weird, you know, kind of an unorthodox release, but he can snap it. You know, I could, I, I liked him. He's big, like you said, physical quarterback. Um, but for me, uh, I released a thread on him a couple weeks ago, maybe maybe about a month ago. I got Daniel Jones, uh, 6'5", 220 pounds, three-year starter for the Blue Devils. He's linked, you know, somewhere mid to late first round. I keep seeing Washington to his name at, like, pick 15, 16. I mean, look at it. If the Patriots want this guy, they're probably going to have to take him at pick 32. Um, right. Which, who knows? I mean, I, I don't think they do that, realistically. Like, what are they doing? You know, I think maybe if this guy slips and, you know, you never know. Because who would have thought they drafted Sonny Michelle? So, um, I mean, maybe a possibility if he slips into the second or something like that. I had a decent combine, probably not to his liking. Um, He's got a strong arm above that average accuracy. He can fit, you know, the ball into small windows. Threw for 8,201 yards and 52 touchdowns and 29 interceptions at Duke. Obviously, Duke, not a big football school, but he kind of turned that around, kind of started something there. Uh, stands yeah. tall in the pocket despite the rush, has above average field vision. Like I said, tall physical type quarterback can drive the ball downfield. Uh, strong football IQ, shown the ability to read defenses by growing, you know, as, a, as an above average pre-snap QB from his time, you know, as a freshman to now. Strong mechanics when given time. Um, he's a strong candidate, I think, because he fits the intangibles, you know, the Patriots look for in QBs. You know, who knows if they take a shot at him in round one. Um, I don't think he's NFL ready yet. I think if someone, you know, were to draft him in the first and they started him right away, they're nuts. I think he needs some time to adjust and, and learn an offense. But uh, I think he definitely has starting quarterback qualities, you know, a little down the road. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I mean, you know, you're right. At 32, it might be pushing it a little bit. Um, but you're right. I mean, like, you never know. If they think this that he's the guy, then, yeah, sure, take him, you know. And so uh, – so I think it'll be – he's an interesting guy that I'm, I'm keeping an eye out. There have been some people – you know, people are kind of up and down on him. And so there's people who really like him and really don't like him. And so it's it's an interesting situation. So I think uh, – but I think he's he's looks like a pretty good – looks like a pretty good player. So uh, my my next player is Will Greer. He is 6'2", 217 from West Virginia. Two-year starter at West Virginia, transferred from Florida, as a matter of fact. Little on the short side for the Patriots, right? Patriots usually like a little bit of a taller guy, although Jimmy G is not 6'5", I don't believe. So, you know, they did go a little bit smaller with Jimmy G. He's got really good mechanics, really good mechanics. He's rid of the ball well. You know, the biggest knock on Greer is that his second and third reads, he's not great on, right? He's not a really sit back in the pocket and diagnose, you know, reads. And he has a tendency of staring down his, his players a little bit. In the Patriots offense, you might want to mask that a little bit, right? If they, you know, quick passes and getting rid of the ball quick, and at least at the start, they can mask some of that. And so I think, you know, and obviously he's not coming in and being the starter right away. So uh, he had 
against Texas. Uh, just a, an amazing game back and forth, uh, Western Union, Texas, and he threw an absolute dime with about 15 seconds left to go to uh, tie the game and then well, actually go down by one, and then they went for two, and he ran it in for the two-point conversion, and they won the game. It was uh, it was a hell of a game. And so, you know, that's one of those plays that just kind of pops up with you. You're like, whoa. Like, it was just – over two defenders, hits his guy in the back, you know, in the back of the end zone was a hell of a throw. And so, um, you know, I like him a lot, like I said, but, you know, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield 6-1, right? He didn't have any problem this year. So It don't matter. Know, it don't matter size anymore. I don't know why people keep saying this. Keep Small guys keep coming in and balling out. Russell yep. Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and I think Kyler Murray's going to do the same thing. Yeah. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. And so uh, he also is a leader. He's like a uh, like a real leader for West Virginia. Patriots love stuff like that. Um, you know, guys that can lead the team, especially as the quarterback. And so uh, Greer's a guy who interests me a lot. I don't I don't know. It's strange because I'm not. I, I look at some of the intangibles that he has, and I look at some of the skills he has, and I think he should be being drafted pretty high. He might drop. Fourth, fifth round is what I'm hearing. Now, who knows if that's right or not? I mean, I have no clue, but, um, you know, but I think that he could be a, a good player and a really good backup for the Patriots. And then again, maybe be ready to take over that success for Brady in a few years where he can work on his mechanics, but, uh, you know, work on his reads and things like that. And so I think, you know, the tools are there. And so he could be a guy where the Patriots, snag, you know, snag him you know, second, maybe even third day. And, uh, you know, when he's there, he's there backup, you know, for the future. Yeah, I like, I like Greer. Um, I've actually watched him a lot. I, I like West Virginia. I like that, you know, pro style offense, that gunslinger. I, I like watching, you know, big 12 football. I think those quarterbacks fare well in the league just because they're so used to, you know, pocket passing and throwing. Uh, for my guy, taking yeah. us to the end of our quarterbacks, I got Brett Ripon. Um, I, I believe that's how you say it, out of Boise State, 6'2", 210 it's pounds. Be, it's got to be ripping. Ripping. It's yeah, got to be ripping, doesn't it? Brett, Brett, you with your Brett, Sonny, Michelle, Sonny Michelle over there. Yeah, he's, ri- <laughs> he's ripping balls in the, in the pocket, whatever, whatever you want to. <laughs> clever, you can do some stuff with his name. But 4'9", 140, uh, he was the top recruit out of Washington State um, coming out of high school. First team all Mountain West as a sophomore. Um, all conference and an all American through for 362 yards and two scores in the, in the bowl win over Oregon, which is a big win. Um, voted Rippon as their offensive player of the year in 2018 set conference records for career passing yards and completions. Um, really good stat here completed 69% of his throws um, this season with 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions through for almost 4,000 yards um, football family. He's a nephew of former Washington Pro Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, Mark Rippon. Um, so he's got some football in him. I, I keep seeing from the draft guys the Patriots are linked to this guy. I'm not too sure. He's more of a pocket passer, throws a tight ball. Uh, we'll see, though. I, I, like I said, a lot of draft experts, like they were all over Ty Laletta last year, who ended up going to the Giants as a potential, you know, Patriots-type guy. And I think this is their, you know, their Kyle Laletta of this year that, you know, not a small school, but, you know, Boise State, not, not known for the, you know, breeding quarterbacks. So uh, I think, you know, if he's there day two, day three, maybe, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick, maybe they take a swing on him. But, you know, I got a little bit of a mix of a first, second, and anywhere between a third and a fifth uh, round pick for us here. 
like I said, I think that's kind of where if they're going to go that route and get a quarterback, I think you'll see it in that day two range, maybe one of those later picks uh, inside the uh, top one-on-one. Right. No, and, and it's a good point. I mean, I think Rippon's that guy. We have to do Rippon, right, because he's the guy that's been linked to them, just like you said with Loletta last year. You know, Rippon's really been linked to the Patriots. And so, you know, that's, of course, the buzz coming. Now, you know, you hear that buzz and you're like, oh, well, that probably means they're not going to take him, right? But, you know, everybody and their mother said the Patriots should take Braxton Berrios last year. And what do they do? They took Braxton Berrios. So, you know, sometimes when when the hype is there, it actually happens. Not all the time, not very often, but occasionally it happens. And so, you know, uh, it's possible that they reach on him, you know, and they may like him. And, and who knows? I've heard a lot about him. I, he seems like a good player. And so I think all four of these guys that we looked at today, um, I'd be pretty happy with, you know, with any of these guys. Jackson, I think, to me, is the biggest project. But, you know, if the Patriots feel like they can mold him, then I'm okay with it because they've shown success to do that. And for all the talk about, you know, them not – being able to draft quarterbacks and identify talent there. And, you know, they drafted a bunch of guys who stunk and all this other stuff. But their last two quarterbacks they drafted are pretty darn good. Now, obviously, you know, we don't see with Edling. But Jimmy G and Jacoby Brissett, pretty good players. And so, you know, who knows if Edling will ever actually play in the league. But, you know, you think if they're going to – if they're looking at a guy in the second or third or fourth round, chances are he's going to be pretty good. And so, um, you know, so we'll see, but, but, um, you know, we'll see one, maybe one of these guys ends up being, ends up being on the team. That'd be pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean, so, we'll, we'll, anyways, we'll but I think that. that'll do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like we said, it was going to be a short episode going in. Just like we said, not too, too much to talk about in this little dry period, but as the weeks keep coming, leading up to the draft, you know, then it's the, then it's OTAs and then you blink and it's, it's training camp and then we're here. So, um, it's interesting to, to see and time's going to fly by. So, I mean, it's wild. It's really like, you know, you look at it and it's already late March and you know, when it, two weeks, it'll be April and you know, you just, you're sitting here like, Oh man, I just, I wish the draft would come and I wish the season would come. And next thing you know, it's like season's here and you're like, Whoa, okay. What, what the hell happened? You know? So it's, um, you know, yeah, it, it's thank God because honestly, this this period right now, especially this March period where there's really nothing going on. Yes, March Madness has started, which is cool, uh, you know. But there's no baseball, basketball, and hockey are going on, but they're not in the playoffs yet. And so, like, if you're not a diehard hockey or basketball fan, you're not really watching. You're watching a little bit, but you're not really watching, um, you know. And so you're just kind of in between. It's almost like in limbo, and uh, we're in sports limbo right now. And so you know, so. April, we turn the corner to April, the drafts in April, we got March Madness, the end of March Madness, you know, playoff start in, in basketball and hockey. And so uh, that's when we really start to turn the corner. Plus, I mean, it gets nights out. It was like I was playing outside with my kids today. It was like nice. I was like, wow, I haven't been outside in months. So it's so it was coming. nice to be outside. It's coming, baby. It is coming, isn't it? So anyways, thanks for sticking around for another episode. We appreciate it, Spags. We'll talk to you next week. We're going to um, so that should be really exciting. I won't give anything away, but I will tell you it's going to be a heck of a show next week. And like I said, we're going to be previewing the final matchup for Pat's Madness. So uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. And we got a really good interview coming up as well. So uh, we have a good guest slated for next week. So stick around for that. But we will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.